Hello and welcome to Quadrivia, the podcast that takes you a step beyond trivia and into the minds of the people who craft it. I'm Jeremy with Liquid Courage Entertainment in Chicago. I'm Adam from Throwback Trivia Takedown in LaGrange, Georgia. I'm Brian. I'm with Geek Trivia in Davenport, Iowa. And I'm Jason, also with Liquid Courage in the Windy City. How are you gentlemen doing today? And hopefully you didn't notice that my dogs have decided this is the moment to go insane. <laughs> I did notice that. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be great for our listeners. I went through the trouble of wrangling a cat. And if you've ever wrangled a cat, you understand my pain. This cat did not want to be found, but wanted to be heard very, very much through uh threw him into my bedroom so that we wouldn't hear him. And then, of course, the dogs who were just sitting very quietly, very patiently, decided now was the moment to find a squirrel. <laughs> Naturally. That's that the, the life of a podcaster, man. <laughs> you know. Well, I'd rather talk about you and the life of you vis-a-vis uh, -vis podcasting. Adam, you are quote-unquote important. Tell me about uh, yourself. You're a liar, sir. That is absolutely incorrect. I am but, going on hearsay and conjecture at best. Well, I do have a very good rep. You know, I, I spend a lot of time about my rep. Um, and for that, uh, or to get that rep, I am the host of three different podcasts, all kind of nostalgia based. Um, the first one that your audience might be interested in is Throwback Trivia Takedown, uh, where we kind of pit uh, two people against each other. Uh, we will have an episode with Jeremy coming up um, in the somewhat near future. Excited about that one to air, uh, where two people kind of go over pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, and then I have another one called Blast From Our Past that me and my brother do, which is all kind of just pop culture, movie reviews, TV reviews, album reviews, all that kind of stuff. And then the last one is an episode-by-episode episode breakdown of the show Seinfeld. Why? Because it's Seinfeld. It's the best show ever. It's about nothing, but it's about everything. It's great. Sounds very good. Uh, I just did a theme game on Seinfeld a couple weeks ago, and it is really hard to write theme questions when the theme is literally nothing. I want you to know yeah. that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, but there are, um, there's like oh, two exciting. through lines across the entire series. Yeah, yeah, there is. You think that, but as I've gone through and I've watched in detail, there's a lot more. There's there's more subtlety and nuance to um, some of their writing, and, and there are some things that kind of uh, that break, you know, through multiple seasons and break through multiple episodes more than we realized. Um, I've I've absolutely like seen the depth that is in Seinfeld and it's blown my mind and I'm it's making me appreciate the show at a whole nother level. See, all I can think of is Art Vandalay showing up every six or seven episodes as a through line. Yeah, obviously that's a big one. Um, you know, they also uh, have the um, uh, Kramer's friend, Bob Sacamano, who oh, gets right, talked right. about a bunch of different times. And then Seinfeld, they're, they're very famously uh, Seinfeld has like a, a Superman reference in a whole bunch of episodes. People say there's a, a reference in every episode, which is BS. There's not a Superman reference in every episode. Yeah, I've, I've run into the trouble of running that as a trivia question way back in my early days. And you yeah. get the um actuallys for mm -hmm. sure on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the nerds. Speaking but. of nerds, Brian. Hi. Geeks are nerds. There is no difference <laughs> yes, whatsoever. Tell us about Geek Trivia. Geek Trivia is a, uh, we, I actually host this at our local game store, uh, or I did before the, the world stopped. Um, so it's twice a month. Uh, we do a, uh, a night of 20 uh, just geek trivia questions covering all genres, all, all, the, the full gamut of geek topics, Star Trek, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Marvel, DC, uh, uh, Serenity and Firefly, you name it, we cover it. 
Uh, but then we also do once a month, we do a theme night where I have done Star Wars, Star Trek, Harry Potter. Uh, we had a, actually, we had a, a Seinfeld scheduled that didn't happen because the world stopped. So, uh, but that's, that's actually all I do as far as a trivia host, but I play a lot of trivia and I also a couple times a year will host, uh, fundraiser trivia events, uh, locally for good causes. Oh, very nice. Tell us more about one of those good causes. Oh, okay. Uh, for example, uh, so I grew up in a fly spec town in Western Illinois, across the river from where I live now in Iowa. But, uh, I got to cut you off there because it's been my experience that people from Illinois in the trivia space are just the friggin' worst, Brian, (laughs) (laughs) especially in that Windy City area, right? Oh, fuck the Windy City, especially. We are (laughs) hoity toity cheese eating bastards. I tell you, every one of them. Well, we're about three hours from downtown. So we're, we're literally right. I, the Mississippi is three minutes from my house. So, um, one of the good causes, this tiny community, uh, our community center, the, which used to be the old schoolhouse, uh, needed a new roof. So we did a big, uh, fundraiser to raise money to get a new roof on this building. And we're talking, it, it got up into the five figures cause it had a gym and the whole works. Uh, we six, we wildly succeeded. The trivia was only one part of it, but it was one of the best trivia nights I've ever run. 10 categories, 10 questions per category, 10 rounds. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Like, and you guys seem to, I mean, if, so there's a bunch of different community events, I'm assuming, like you, uh, uh, like a bunch of groups got together and did different things. So you did like a hundred trivia questions, which is insane to me. That's huge. <laughs> um, my sister and I are both, well, my whole family is, is trivia nuts. But my sister and I kind of took the reins on this and she and I worked together to come up with the categories. And then we, okay, we need 10 questions in the general category of whatever it might be. Uh, I have done things that are blue. I have done um, all kinds of TV, movie, uh, pop culture references. We've done history, uh, World War I and World War II. Being where we're from, we've also done a sports category that was know your, know thy enemy, which was all Cubs and Cardinals. Ah. As um, a Cubs fan, the only real enemy in the bad guy there is the Cardinals. I'm just saying. I, yeah, I'm going to pipe I in and hard agree with that. I agree. But for some reason, my sister married a Cardinal fan. We still don't know what she was thinking. <laughs> but it split the family down the middle. So half the family roots for them, half the family roots for the right team, which is the Cubs. That's that's not family, Brian. I hate to tell you that. I don't know what it is, but it's not family. I say that that's taking the keep your friends close and your enemies closer thing to a whole new level. Uh huh. <laughs> Adam, what are sports in Georgia? Um. Well, I wanted to add in that uh, yes, I'm from Georgia and I'm kind of a Braves fan. Um. I used to be when I was back in the '90s when the Braves were freaking awesome. And actually, I think they just won the division title this year, which is great. Um. But I wanted to throw in. I did. I was born in Des Moines, and so the Iowa Cubs, which was uh an offshoot of the Chicago Cubs. I grew up uh, watching some of their games live, which were fantastic. So there's my little tie into Iowa and the Cubs. But besides that, um, Atlanta United, they're fucking awesome. 
uh, the Braves. I appreciate them. But more often than not, more than anything, I'm a hockey fan, uh, which I'm a Philadelphia Flyers fan, even though I'm not from Philadelphia at all. Weird story, but that's <laughs> it. Love sports. Love hockey. Hockey's the best. Uh, thinking of sports gets me really in the mood to go watch the 85 Bears or the Jordan era Bulls. Jeremy, I'm feeling uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, nostalgic. I, I was going to go with erect, but sure. Nostalgic. Works. <laughs> <laughs> it, can, it can be both. Can it be both? Why okay, not both? Dos. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, tonight's topic actually is going to be writing nostalgic or era specific pop culture questions that we're going to talk about in our roundtable. So this so, is going to be the episode where we, hey, remember the 90s? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do remember them. So I guess the first question to bring to the table for you guys is what what makes a trivia question nostalgic kind of by definition or by design? And I know, Adam, this is really, really, really in your wheelhouse. So I'll <laughs> kind of take let you take the lead on uh, how you decide questions, nostalgia value and what works for you. Yeah. I mean, the good thing about nostalgia is it's different for every single person. And so what's nostalgic for you is different for another person. So you can write about literally anything that seems like it has some kind of pop culture or any kind of value from, you know, some kind of time in the past that other people look back and remember mostly fondly. Now, sometimes uh, when I've gone back and watched some of these movies, uh, they you realize just what a turd fest a lot of them are. <laughs> but but the thing is, the nostalgia value usually never dies, even though I still realize some of these movies suck. Um, you get that little tingly feeling. So I'd say when you feel a little tingle, you know, down in that special area, that's when you know it's nostalgia. Um, that... What special area would you be talking about there? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I was just getting oh, no, like, you think of something happy places or something like that, but you're like talking about a whole different level of nostalgia oh, here. Um, it's still a happy place, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, Adam, you always know you've done a good job answering the question when nobody immediately yes. jumps in to tell you how wrong you were. <laughs> so awkward. <laughs> no, he was spot so, on. I'm, I'm going to so get I had to give him crap, but he's spot on. Are we talking about Phoebe Cates or oh, all the tickets? <laughs> Yeah. Tingle City. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, for me, you know, I mean, obviously my nostalgia is mine, but um, I, I love going back and just kind of thinking about some of my favorite films, um, favorite movie, favorite, you know, songs, TV shows, whatever. And you try and just pick out, um, you know, different little tiny things, you know, if like I'm thinking, oh, man, I really want to I want a Jurassic Park movie. Okay, uh, our Jurassic Park question. Okay, okay. So I'm going to write something about that. But then you just kind of go think and, and how I kind of my process is. I'm going through and be like, okay, what do I really love about Jurassic Park? Well, as I already mentioned, I have a Seinfeld podcast. Oh, man, I fucking love Wayne Knight. He was in both. <laughs> okay, how can I do something? All right, I'll figure out how I can kind of tie in maybe a little Newman reference or something like that uh, to get towards... Wayne Knight into Jurassic Park or what I want, whatever I want to do, or, you know, can you do what some, one of my favorite scenes or one of a lot of people's favorite scenes, you know, what is the, you can just pick about one little thing, um, throwing out there, you know, what, what, uh, species of dinosaur, uh, spit, spit out ink, um, into Wayne Newton or Wayne Newton, Wayne Knight's face, uh, killing him in Jurassic Park. Not Wayne Newton. He didn't. He it didn't is sing. not the official position of this podcast, by the way, to ever spit ink into Wayne Newton's face. <laughs> I just Dog the legal shame. team is making me. That's it. Yeah. I'm out. Yes, I'm out. Legal but wanted me to make sure that that was publicly available information. Just start start with stuff you love and think about the things that, you know, and, and for me, 
I love the character of Newman. I love Wayne Knight. Uh, he is also a graduate of the University of Georgia. Go dogs. Um, and yeah, just he just, you know, little things that make you happy and then word your questions around them to kind of get get where you want. And you can call the category. Hello, Newman. See that exact something like that. Hello, Newman. Perfect category. And mm -hmm. then you go into what what uh, what species of dinosaur spat in uh, I don't even Cedric's face or whatever the hell his uh, name uh, is. I can't uh, remember. Uh, yeah, uh, 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 Ned Nedry. That's it. Dennis word. Nedry. There it is. Dennis, Dennis Nedry. Nedry. Yep, that got there. <laughs> so or what? What was the brand of the shaving cream that he? Yes, good uh, mm, one. Yep. See, and I like a it question like that. Barbasol, yeah. I like a question like that because you can tease it out without having to specifically remember the scene or even see the damn movie because there are a yeah. finite number of shave creams that are something that people are going to be able to guess and would have been available and popular in the 90s and also had a can that you could hide shit in. Yeah. And did you notice, uh, this is funny because of the top we're talking about, we all just got nostalgic about the movie. Yeah, oh yeah! Absolutely. Every single one of us pulled something out <laughs> that we remember from the movie and that made us laugh. Oh, not I on get... purpose. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I get uh, why uh. this works now as a motif. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, so I thought I thought that was great. Did you bring that up? Like every single one of us had something we wanted to say about it um, mm -hmm. because it that movie again is a good example of something that was pop culturally relevant when we were either growing up or in that era where like we remember it fondly. Yeah, I was eight when Jurassic Park came out, and I mean that just that hits you right at like that is prime dinosaur time for a kid is right around eight years old, and yep. yeah, so it's like hell yes. I think okay. I was about twelve when it came out, and <laughs> yes, yeah, it, hit, it still hit there. All right, Brian, I, bring so, some thunder. Well, when I was eight, I saw Star Wars in the theater. Oh, okay, <laughs> a little bit, a little I'm, bit of a difference. Episode I'm old. One. <laughs> you mean episode one? Yeah, the Phantom Menace, the best yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, the best. <laughs> Look, it establishes yeah, midichlorians and Jar Jar Binks. How exactly. can you not love that? Immaculate okay. conception, perfect. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drive across Illinois to come <laughs> smack you upside the head. I can see anger out my west window right now. It's amazing. <laughs> Brian, you strike me as the gentleman who would have opinions on geek nostalgia. Am I right um, in that, or am I fucking right in that? You are absolutely correct. But I'm not one of those to argue, okay, this, well, this series is obviously better than that series because of, I, that is to me a waste of effort. I love what I love. I love that everybody loves, love your own thing. I don't care, but I do I'm love my own thing. Often. thing. <laughs> not that kind of podcast. Adam. <laughs> oh, sorry. My bad. <laughs> well, it, we don't say that quiet part very loud is all I'm saying. Oh, Okay. Turns out you only need zero hands to podcast. <laughs> That's a fact, Jack. So. As you wish. <laughs> all kidding aside, that. all kidding aside, when the preacher, when the preacher told me you may kiss your bride, my response was as you wish. Oh, see. Oh, yeah. And that just makes me feel it makes all of us just go back and think about damn Princess Bride was good. And then I go on. Damn, that sword fight was awesome. And then I, all that kind of shit. I just kind of keep going on and on. So sorry. Did the, uh, inconceivable. Did the, yeah. yeah. Did the preacher say, uh, you may kiss the bride? Yeah. <laughs> Mowage. Mowage. So a couple of things <laughs> I want to chime in. because Because it's the princess bride. So I'm going to soapbox for like two minutes and y'all are just <laughs> along for the ride. First, my wedding band says, as you wish. 
Second, oh. the first wedding I ever officiated as an ordained minister, because the internet is awesome, uh, started with the word marriage. And three, three weeks ago, I think on my stream, I wrote a 50 question princess bride game just to prove that you could write a 50 question yes. trivia game about one movie. Awesome. And, and it that was is awesome. my heart. I, just, I want just to my heart. I want to play that game. I, mm. I can throw you the data after the fact if you really want. I I would happily take 50 50 princess bride trivia questions <laughs> oh just then i, I want to see you, how man. well i do yep. <laughs> so i found in that experience because i usually don't dig very deep into pop culture stuff unless it's for like a theme game and this isn't necessarily nostalgic stuff but just in general when i write for like a general knowledge game even if i'm doing like an entertainment category i find it's it's kind of really hard to know what the sweet spot is difficulty wise as you get deeper and deeper into one particular subject of pop culture, as you get into, you know, film characters or classic lines, or, you know, as you were saying with Seinfeld, how deep for a general knowledge crowd can be too deep. And am I over or underestimating how much my audience remembers this damn thing that has stuck with me for 30 years? How do you guys deal with that? Fuck them. <laughs> write the questions I want. <laughs> Honestly, I write the questions I want. And you know what? It's just like any other trivia. You cannot assume what other people know. Um, sometimes, sometimes now you should be able to write a question that can ease someone into it or finding multiple different avenues to getting a question correct. But sometimes trivia is just, do you know the fucking thing or not? And, and, uh, and when it comes to pop culture and nostalgia, sometimes people have seen it. Sometimes they, ha they haven't. So fuck it. That's not, that's just no, no, philosophy. that's super fair. No, with, that, with that said, yeah. do you ever find yourselves in, uh, uh, Brian, I, I'd i like to hear your answer to that too. It just made me think of this. Do you ever find yourselves falling into the pitfall of it's nostalgic to you? So you write it, you know, the answer like nobody else in the room has any clue what you're fucking talking about. Oh, oh it yes. has happened many times. Yeah. Yeah. Without question. Um, I, I have adopted a policy that if I stump the room, at, at my at my pub trivia, if nobody in the room gets it right, everybody gets their points. Oh, okay. Because that one's my fault. Yeah, I, I like that. I wrote it too hard. I just um, drink. <laughs> <laughs> I drink when everybody gets it wrong. I drink when everybody gets it right. I drink when everybody sees a question. It's the drinking games at Liquid Courage Entertainment are very easy rules to follow. They are All as right. follows: drink. Yeah. Ta-da. <laughs> So, okay, I I write difficulty on questions. I it depends on my it depends on my audience. Um, my general knowledge audience is going to be people who are not necessarily trivia junkies, but they're there to support. Like for these fundraisers that I do, I have to write. I have to dumb down my questions big time. That's a really valid I point can, you're bringing up, where the audience that you expect to have. Mm -hmm. yep. informs the the voice and the deepness that you're going to go in for sure. Yes. I, I, I will say I can concur. I have, um, what is it, like pre-played your games, like when you've asked for help to judge the questions and difficulty before, and they are hard. Yes. My, my geek trivia stuff, I don't mess around. Um, you, my, my players, my, my regular players have learned to, okay, we need a Harry Potter person. We need a Star Wars person. We need a Marvel person because I'm going to ask some deep cut questions. Um, 
So we, I mean, I've had a table of, okay, we are Harry Potter nuts. And I'm like, that's great, but you're going to get one Harry Potter question. Unless it's the Harry Potter theme night, in which case they had a blast that night, but Mm -hmm. then they came back for another one and it was, oh, oh, we need to, we need to branch out. We need to, (laughs) we need to, we need to, we need to diversify. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as the, like those fundraisers, um, there are people around this, um, in this area who, who will do those trivia fundraisers for, for fun. That's, that's their fun Saturday night is to go pick a fundraiser and go own it because they have gathered a, a good trivia team that this is what they do for fun. They've, they've, they've assembled the Avengers and, you know, the super yes. friends for this. Yeah. I know those teams. Um, I know what you're saying. <laughs> but most of my most of my players that show up for the fundraisers, they don't that they're they are very low level. They they couldn't they couldn't do Jeopardy. We're we're talking this is more. Um, are you smarter than a fifth grader level of trivia challenge questions? So more of like a, a guys' night out or a girls' night out instead of you know assembling the super team as you were saying. Right. So. Um, I have written entire categories that got absolutely. I, I I got myself in trouble writing some of these categories because I wrote stuff so hard that nobody in the room could figure knew what the hell I was talking about. Yeah, I can see um, that. Mm-hmm. Well, I told you that Star Wars one, which is I think the only one I got a perfect on, and that was only after I had you clarify that one question. Um, like, <laughs> Like I'm a I'm a Star Wars nerd. Like I have read over 200 of the novels. I've seen the movies more times than I can possibly count. And some of those questions for me were I got to sit here and think about this for 15 minutes. Yeah. So well, that that's good. Cuz that that means my Star Wars questions were on point. <laughs> hey, anytime but. you can make Jeremy feel dumb and or stupid, I am here for it. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to grab my popcorn real quick as you pop quiz him on episode one, the best oh, God, episode. Not, we don't have time for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nothing not, but time. But I would totally, about? I would say yes. I will totally compete in the Star Wars <laughs> trivia if somebody does one. That's all I'm saying. All right. So, sorry, I've been talking a lot here. Um, yeah, I, I tailor my questions to the, the crowd. So my the crowds that I draw for the events that I do, I'm... They're, they're going to be my age or older for the most part. Mm-hmm. So I can't ask, I can't ask anything music related from the year about year 2000 or, or later, anything from the 21st century, they're not going to know music, but you seem, you seem to draw like that, that high level trivia quality though, typically like the either, or either like the very specified people who are interested in, in, you know, whatever the main topic is. Right. Um, mostly. Yeah. Well, I, again, depends on what uh, geek trivia. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But for the fundraisers, typically I'm getting a room full of uh, redneck farmers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, demographically, that could definitely make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For me, my my writing, because as I'd already told you, Jeremy has been on the podcast. I go to the lowest common denominator, like the mm-hmm. dumbest people, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Um, no, Jeremy did fantastic on the show, but because my, my, my topics and my decades are very specific. So we run through a set of 10 different categories and three, and it's either within 
the 70s, 80s, or 90s, I have a very specific <laughs> uh, type of questions that I can really pull from. Mm -hmm. And because my podcast really emphasizes pop culture, nostalgia, obviously that kind of thing in these different categories, I want it to be a little bit more friendly to the common podcast listener. Um, you know, I love, I, I'm a trivia fan. All of us are trivia fans. Obviously we all started trivia podcasts or trivia right. companies or something. Um, and so I like the harder stuff too, but I think my genre just lends itself a little bit more to the everyman trivia person who's just like, oh man, I, I love, I love Star Wars. I love Die Hard. I'm going to answer some, uh, some trivia. I don't know why I do that dumb Southern voice kind of thing when I just did that, but you know what I mean? Uh, just like the rednecky sound, but like anybody, anybody who just like likes this kind of genre can listen and get some answers right. And there'll be a couple peppered in tougher questions, yeah. but more than not, it's going to be a majority of questions um, that you, that, that the regular Joe or the, the, the regular Jeremy, if you will, will be able to get. Uh, it's been my experience. There is no regular Jeremy. I am stuck yeah. with the one that I have, unfortunately. And if anybody needs one, mm -hmm. you don't, he really he, he's don't. Out, he's out for loan. So Abby we normal. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about certain pop culture kind of genres, um, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, you know, TV, things like that. Uh, Time-wise, what eras really lend themselves well to writing trivia questions about in a nostalgic sense? Which ones don't? And what do you try to do when you're trying to pin a question down to a certain vibe uh, to make somebody think, oh, yeah, I was there for that? Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, and this is kind of what made me think of this topic when we were coming up for uh ideas for the episode was I had just been on a trivia throwback and uh, it was one of those like that, that is the eras, at least for me that I think are the nostalgia eras. Now, now the seventies, not so much. I know a lot about it because growing up my, you know, that's my, that was my parents era. Um, so I, I learned a lot of pop culture from that through them. Uh, but the eighties and nineties was when I was growing up. And like, that's very nostalgic for me uh, mm -hmm. for different reasons. As a kid, you know, Ninja Turtles, GI Joe transformers. As I got into the nineties, it was um, Ninja Turtles, GI Joe, GI Joe, yeah, transformers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, but you know, like getting more into uh, music. So I like, I know eighties music. It's weird. I know seventies music and nineties music better than I know eighties music. Um, because I was such a young kid at the time, like it didn't, it, that mm -hmm. wasn't, that wasn't my parents' era to really listen to a lot of stuff. I know some of the big hits, but at the time, you know, that wasn't my era to listen to music, but the nineties, uh, as I was growing up and, you know, becoming a teenager and all this other stuff, um, like nineties music is my nostalgia hotspot. So I, I think that at least for the eras that stick out for me, and this might be different for other people is like that is that is the early 80s and 90s uh, pop culture, even early 2000s for me. But I feel like that's getting into the edge of glory. 17. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> the edge of tomorrow. Uh, getting, <laughs> as we go into like the 2000s, like for me, I like a lot of stuff there, but it's not nostalgic because I was already an adult. Like I think a lot of nostalgia has to right, be right. looking it back at. Yeah, it wasn't so much formative, but it still hit you and it. You know, you you had the you still had the mental plasticity to to love it and to remember all the minute facts almost more so because you were an adult. But at the same time, yeah, it doesn't hit you the same way. Uh, adult nostalgia is like youth nostalgia. I wanted to go back to you bringing up music just a little bit because I find myself very frequently in 
a position where I'm writing music questions for my general knowledge game that are nostalgic because it's music I know and fucking like, and it's mm-hmm. not intentional, but you're going to hear a lot of alternative rock from the 90s questions at one of my games because, boy, do I know me some 90s alternative rock. Uh, and, you know, it's different if you're aiming specifically into a theme like that, but, you know, you're I'm, I'm informing this part of the conversation largely from my knowledge base as a general knowledge trivia host. I know, uh, Adam, you focus specifically on nostalgia. Brian, you focus mm-hmm. specifically on fandom stuff that can and is very often nostalgic. And Jeremy, you don't focus. So for me, <laughs> uh, I guess I want to I want to bring it up to you guys. How how do you write about something nostalgia wise that you weren't particularly yourself nostalgic for? Like, I'll, I'll throw it to, you know, Adam, you, you mm-hmm. sound like a young and supple man. Do you write a lot of 60s nostalgia <laughs> questions? Supple. Well, luckily, our, our decades don't go back to the 60s. We stick to just the 70s, 80s, 90s. Granted, I was born in 85, so I don't know the 70s and half the 80s. But I am still nostalgic for a lot of the stuff, even. Um, but, yeah, it is it is tough because I have actually very similar with you, Jason, in that I, 90s alternative was my shit. Mm-hmm. And... I don't end up writing hardly any country music questions because it just I don't care about country. Um, there's a very there, I, I've gotten better and more open to it down over over the years, but oh sure sure I'm not nostalgic for a lot of country music, and also I, I just feel like it wasn't maybe it wasn't enough in the mainstream. But there you know so I don't I don't tend to towards those questions. Um, but it is a problem and I don't know, I don't definitely don't have the answer because it's something that I, I, I realize that I have that, that same issue with, um, other than just trying to, you know, you just have to man up and realize, yeah, try different stuff, be diverse. It's good for you. You just have, you have, you have to actively push against your nostalgia to realize other people's nostalgia is important too. Wait, you mean we weren't all kids in the Reagan administration? <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Fuck that guy. Um... Oh, sorry. Just me. <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm 85 too, Adam. So yes, it's the best. <sighs> Almost it. like they needed to write a <laughs> song about being nostalgic for the year 1985. <laughs> it's if only. Oh, Br- mm-hmm. I was say Brian sounds like he something he wants to say or murder. Yeah, jump us. on in, old man. Dude, <laughs> you're so old. I, so old. I graduated high school in '87. <laughs> yeah. So yes. Uh, Reagan era, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so, so like the '80s hit you nostalgically in a different way than they hit the three of us. I would assume completely. What What you guys feel about the '90s? That's That's the '80s for me. Those were my formative years. Those were That's where I I I consumed more music in the '80s than I had '80s and early '90s than I did during any other period of my life. So that's the stuff I know well. Where where yours is is 90s alternative rock. Mine is 80s hair metal. Ooh, okay. That, that's oh, okay. that's what I was that's that was what I knew. Quiet sister and twisted riot and all that. Oh, I'm gonna hurt you. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you have a hair metal trigger. Hmm. Oh yeah, just no. Let that had, pun fly silently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had <laughs> to stop and appreciate that just a little bit. So, as far as what's nostalgic for me, yeah, it, it's it's. 
I write about what I know. So if I don't know it, I tend to not write about it. I have to go looking for stuff that I, oh, I forgot that existed. And then I'll have to read up on it a little bit to do, to, to write a question about it. And actually that leads us into one of our uh, notes or points here that I, I really wanted to hit on was how do you do your research on this? Where it's like, you know, you're writing something that's going to be nostalgic for people. Um, but it's not necessarily for you. What kind of research do you uh, put into that? Um, so for example, just today you guys said, Hey, we're going to do stuff about 70s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Oh, okay. Well, let's see. What could I write about? Just come up with a couple of questions at TV shows. Why not? So I just Googled, okay, give me 70s action TV shows. And it gave me a list. And I went, oh, I remember that one. Oh, I remember that one. Oh, do, oh, oh, and that and that mentally triggered something else that led me down a different path. And so I I came up with a whole category of just 70s and 80s TV shows. No, oh, I gotta hear an example of one of these questions if you have one handy. I do. All right talking about difficulty levels mm -hmm. all right we'll start off simple the fictional eastman school was the setting for what 80s sitcom in my head i was thinking 70s and i had a guess that was exclusively 70s based and i think i have one for the 80s now i was originally going to say welcome back cotter because when so i think I. 70s tv show plus school but is this maybe head of the class that's a good guess but Damn i right think, it is i think head of the class was actually a little later uh, family ties. School. I'm trying to think of like who the, had like a the uh, it, it, fame. It, well, this the, the school was the setting, so oh, the setting. almost okay. the entire almost the entire show took place at this school. See, I want to go back and address the thing though, super quick. I I specifically remember head of the class going to Russia right around the end of the Cold War before the Soviet Union fell. So I know this thing is pinned like 89 max. I'm nostalgic for head of the class. <laughs> okay. Well, obviously I'm not because I had to look that up and it was, it ran from 86 to 91. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah. It was earlier. So, it was later than I thought. Cause I remember them yeah. doing like this video about uh Timbuk three song, the future so bright. Uh, and that yes. feels earlier in the eighties to me, but what do I know? I was six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so Brian, what, what, what show is this? Uh, unless Adam so, has a guess. I don't know if yeah. he's, no, uh, no, oh, he said I fame. No idea. He said fame. Okay. I said, I guessed fame, but not, not it's definitely, that wasn't 86 to 91. So I have um, no idea. No, this, this sitcom was, uh, it was a spinoff of different strokes. Oh, oh, hold on. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, oh, no, oh God, I, I got it now. It. Shit. I lost it. <laughs> no, see what you have to do, Adam, what you have to do is you have to take the good ideas. You have to take the bad ideas. You have to take them both. And oh. then you have the answer to this question. Uh, I see. Now I get it. The facts alive. The facts alive. Yep. Oh, there the you facts go. facts of life. Holy crap. And now I'm nostalgic yep. for Mrs. Garrett. That was a, that facts of life went to 91. No, no, head of the class went from oh, 86 head of the to 91. Oh, okay, goddamn, sorry. I yeah. was Stop confused. focusing on how about... wrong I am about head of the class and focus on how bright Brian is about facts of life, please. Okay. All right, okay. We're going to edit um, out me being wrong like we always do. Don't edit out me okay. being wrong. We never do we'll, that. We'll make this a little simpler. I will, we'll, we'll bring it even for, a little bit further See, back the, for the you thing guys. Is, I find that funny, though, but because... Um, you, Brian, you were like, oh, this is an easy one. And yet all of us are younger and we didn't watch that shit. Like, I don't, yep. I didn't care about Facts of Life. That show sucked. And so why would I watch it? 
And and then you are like, man, I love. I grew up on that stuff. I loved it. And so like again, different nostalgia, different different um, trivia strokes. levels because of it. Yeah, different. Completely. <laughs> different strokes. All right. See, I, I have one more. Excited. Yeah, I have uh, just to finish the thought on the facts of life. I have rem I have memories of it growing up being a very young kid. I was born in '81, just to pin the context on that. So I remember, you know, Natalie and Joe and Tootie, and there was a fourth, whatever Meg, or is that Little uh, Women? I don't Blair. know. The facts of Little Women, whatever you want to call Who's it. So, Meg. <laughs> so I could tell you some very basic surface level stuff from my memory about the facts of life, but that I would never have been able to come up with without eliminating like every other show from the 80s set mm -hmm. in a school I could think of. Yeah. Okay. So again, this was something that I wrote quick. I should have, I definitely should have had more, uh, so, some sort of other clue in there to, to point you in the right direction. Um, this one, however, uh, okay. I'll give uh, one more that I think is a little easier for you guys. Name three of the six original Power Rangers. First names are acceptable. Oh, Kimberly, Jason, Tommy, uh, Zach, Billy, and Trini. Uh, Trini. Trini. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There you go. That's that's right up our wheelhouse. That yep. show taught me that you don't have to use your mouth to blow in a flute. That's a dagger. That's a synthesizer. <laughs> you can have a helmet. A full helmet, yeah. face covered helmet. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that actually that brings me to something every you are internet aficionados i would assume for various reasons do yeah. you ever just see like one of those nostalgic memes that goes around and that sparks the idea to write a stupid question about flutes that are oh, synthesizers yeah. that are daggers that are also top <laughs> that are also dating my woman crush kimberly and i am still not oh, okay with the that best. she's the best but that actually that is probably one of the best times to write nostalgic pop uh nostalgic trivia because if it if it's kind of still brought up today, specifically like in a meme or something, you know, it, there again, it, it becomes different avenues for people to try and um, find their way to that question or to be like, oh man, you know what? It's fresher in people's minds. So yes. So, you know, using little, little nostalgic stuff like that, that pops up nowadays in memes or wherever. And, you know, it absolutely has sparked me to, to cause different or to create different questions. And it, it's better because younger people, who might be playing the game might actually have a chance to get it because they saw that meme and they might, you know, know that character a little bit better now. So absolutely. Now let me ask, and this is a little bit for, for Jeremy, but it's also uh, for you guys, Adam and Brian. I occasionally will write a question in my general knowledge game that aims for a genre or a decade or a nostalgic thing that isn't in the wheelhouse of me being, you know, a, a late thirties white guy from America. So I will focus on, pop culture from the 60s, for instance, I'll do classic, very classic sitcoms or, you know, deeper Beatles stuff. And sometimes I'll go the other end of the spectrum and I'll write questions about Lizzo and Billie Eilish. And part of that to me is inclusion. But a bigger part of that to me is to get my regular teams on their back heels, because if they're doing really well at my games, there is some crossover between things I love and things they know about. So do you ever throw those curveballs in? Do you ever intentionally or even unintentionally throw those curveballs in to, to broaden people's understanding and appeal or even just to talk about a thing that you don't think in trivia gets talked enough about generally? Because as we've all learned, much like podcasts, trivia hosts are a bunch of like 20s to 40s white guys. <laughs> yeah, yes, we are. <laughs> I will let the uh, non 20s to 40s white guy on the podcast answer this. <laughs> He's so old. I'm just kidding. I'm only I love you, barely not in the 40s. <laughs> okay, I was actually joking, and I was hoping we were going to get like 10 seconds of dead air there. But Brian, take it away. 
Um, so I, I, my, my regulars have definitely learned what my, what, which, which shows I love and they have gone hunting for them just because I, I, I almost always, when I, when I host, I almost always have a princess bride question in there somewhere. So if they're not, if they haven't brushed up on it, they'll go find it. Um, as far as do I throw curveballs, um, not really. Um, okay. I will, I will switch it up as far as difficulty levels, but I haven't ever, I, I haven't been at this game long enough to get to a point where I need to throw curveballs to throw off my, my regulars yet. Uh, that's a fair way to put it for sure. I'm trying to think of examples that have worked and haven't worked for me because again, white guy, late thirties. So I hit the eighties and nineties a lot and I hit them in really odd and deep ways. Sometimes like I am a huge empire records film fan, for instance, mm. just throw that out there. And I will throw questions that are obvious to me. I'm a, uh, I'm a big live Tyler fan from empire records. Uh, who isn't? Although, yeah. although I'll I am say... team Zellweger, I got to say, Oh, okay. That, Damn the man. That, save I'm just saying that skirt. That skirt screams, I'm a Liz Tyler fan. <laughs> it seems Liz I Tyler never fan. get enough of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nobody will get uh, that joke because I just watched the opening credits like <laughs> last night, apropos of nothing, and I forgot oh. that song that was that uh, was in there as they're opening the store. But I'll go deep in there, and you know, because I it makes sense to me that I remember it, so I assume other people would remember it. Like mm-hmm. uh, as an example, there's there's a ballad that plays at a particular scene in that film and that ballad is not necessarily the best known work by the band who does it although you know who the band is but the song is named uh in a very shakespearean way so i would write a question about you know the the shakespearean character or characters who appear in the title of that song from this scene in empire records and you know now that i've kind of brought it up just off the cuff anybody know i'm ashamed to say i have not seen empire records bud get get off the podcast brian we're going to <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> uh, Adam, Jeremy, anything on that? Just mm. again, out of curiosity, more than anything I'm else. trying to remember what the song is. And the funny thing is, I just watched Empire Records as one of those um, uh, kind of the same thing. Like, does this hold up? I used to love it as a teenager. Does this hold up? Um, and it does. I actually still love the movie. I don't know if I should, but it's hilarious. Um, but I can't remember the ballad. All I can think of is Say No More, Mon Amour. <laughs> yeah. No idea. By Rex uh, Manning. Oh, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Rex Manning would be a great question. It's actually uh, the one I was talking about is Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And just a real nice mellow scene. So kind of going into that, um, I I have to say that this is something I've had to think about a lot lately. Uh, When I started my show on Tuesdays, well, it'll be Tuesdays now, sorry, Thursdays before, but um, normal Liquid Courage shows, at least that I've been to, the standard crowd is the the mid to late 20s to late 30s early 40s and it doesn't usually branch outside of that although some of the newer venues have because breweries and stuff tend to draw a different Mm -hmm. crowd than a normal bar um and things like that well the place i'm at is this really old um staple basically in this town and people of all ages go there and my show will have people from that just turned 21 who have gone there since they were kids. Cause it's a restaurant as well with their parents. So now they hang out there cause they're 21 all the way up to people in their seventies. 
which is, again, not normally what I write questions for. Right. right. So as an example, uh, when I'm writing my questions now, I think about that. So I will ask about late 60s, early 70s rock or um, R&B or anything coming up around then that was big or uh, TV shows. Like I will ask questions about All in the Family, uh, mm -hmm. the Jeffersons. Uh, Anything else in that wheelhouse, you know, yeah, just and, and that, from that, a, a general big. knowledge context, those two things that you talked about with TV shows, they're very fair game all in the family, obviously a highly acclaimed show. It is it spun off 15 things, but not the facts of life. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it won a ton of Emmys and had high Nielsen ratings, everything. So, yeah, just to follow up on what you were kind of getting to with writing nostalgia that you aren't particularly nostalgic about aim, in my opinion, for stuff that even people outside of that demographic are going to at least have a gettable in on, but also throw them a bone every once in a while, mm -hmm. write a mod yeah. squad question, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Stuff that I, was popular in a different, I, I think the biggest thing would be something that's popular in an era, maybe not necessarily popular with you if you're writing in your era, but that you know is popular and is going to, um, you know, uh, spike that nostalgia for people. Yeah. I, I wholeheartedly agree uh, with that mentality. It's because I very similarly, um, my nostalgic is from the, you know, I'm the twenties to forties, white middle class, lower middle class to middle, middle class range. So I, we have to be more cognizant than other people do we, you know, we just have to be more cognizant as trivia writers. I mean, in that we have to know there are other people from other walks of life. And so I absolutely try to make sure that there are other questions in there that are from black culture that are from Asian culture that are from Hispanic culture that yes, some of them, I fully agree with Jason that some of them should be not the gimmies, but like the more popular from some of that groups. But you also need to get throw in some of the stuff that is the tougher questions, you know, that mm -hmm. it's, you know, there's going to be some of the, the, we're going to more just um, intrinsically add some of the tougher white middle class questions that some of the other people, some people might not know. And so we have to make sure we, be a little bit extra um, cognizant and, and just a little extra inclusive, as we've called it, and and put other questions that you know what we would maybe ones we wouldn't even get, and that's that's more than okay. That's necessary as a trivia writer. Yeah, because like if you want to do a, a '60s music question, for instance, and you want to talk about music festivals, your head's gonna go to Woodstock, but everybody's head is gonna go to Woodstock. Yeah, and turns out there were three festivals in the '60s, mm -hmm. just three. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Uh, but no, in all in all seriousness, a lot of directions you can go. You could move it, you know, a couple of years back into the West Coast and talk about the Summer of Love and all the music that mm. came out of California in that era, which was equal parts gettable, but also iconic to a certain demographic of person. And you want to you want to approach that. You want to appreciate that with them. Yeah, you know, they sense, were going to you know? have more uh, festivals, but then they got high. Are you proud of that? You really should. I, I am really high. proud of that. Then they got high. <laughs> you just tied. I, I'm pretty sure Afro Man has never <laughs> starred at Woodstock, man. You're Afro right. Man is, is the important, most important character maybe all of history. Think about that. It is true. I don't know how or why. And I'm just talking to myself because no one's responding. But I don't care because Afro Man is the shit. Oh, we were just waiting for you to come up with the reason why. <laughs> I didn't have it. I just had to just keep saying how oh, no, awesome Afro Man No, we are subscribing to your thesis statement in this abstract. We want to see the research. Yeah, it's not there. But I do want to get high. 
<laughs> you know, if that if that actually brings up a question I didn't know I was going to ask, but now I want to all of a sudden. How new is too new to be nostalgic? Can you be nostalgic about Ooh. the early 2000s in 2020, for instance? Or does that feel like it's too close and it's more yeah. general knowledge or modern knowledge than it is, you know, going back and, and paying service to a mm -hmm. certain milieu in, in the zeitgeist? I feel in five years or maybe even a year or two now we can get into the early 2000s because of the people coming to the bars but you have to realize the people that are nostalgic for that era at least in my mind they can't drink yet that's actually a really valid point yeah maybe for the but like I mean, the early 2000s yeah we were in we were in high school though like i graduated yeah. high school in 04 so like i'd say that 05 and before absolutely um but yeah there's there's at least a 10-year cap on nostalgia <laughs> yeah, I'm watching Brian in an audio format shake his head vehemently at you saying, I graduated high school in 2005. Back in back in my day what's, in 2004. What, what's this we shit? Back in the noughties. <laughs> also, I, and I'm, I'm going to derail us completely. Can we come up with a better name for the decade than the noughties? Oh, I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> It's what was such that? a terrible name. I have no uh, effing idea. Actually, really, <laughs> before we do uh, Exiles, I do want to hear what Brian has to say about this, yeah, though, of course. Uh, in all seriousness. I, as far as what uh, the, what kind of defines your, your nostalgia range, I, I think it's okay. You're about the age from when you're a kid, let's say, say like eight or 10 years old up through about the time you're able to drink. For each person, I think that's your. I think that's their nostalgia period. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a really valid point. Yeah, I'm. I'm applying that to my life, and that would be you know, '90s to about a year after the '90s started. I drank early and often. So that, <laughs> I mean, your mileage may vary, but sorry, legally allowed to drink. I, yeah, for I, me, I guess, that's that's honestly '91 to like 2002, and that feels very wheelhousey. So I see what mm -hmm. you're saying, Brian, and I, I yeah, definitely I agree. agree with that. Absolutely. I would say I'd push that like back maybe to about five years old. So that's when you're really starting to like mold and like learn things and really get into something. I mean, True. outside of like little children stuff, like you're actually that your parents forced on you. Like when I got my, yeah. I got my first Nintendo when I was five, I am mm -hmm. super nostalgic for like Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt and Chrysalis <laughs> and the original Final Fantasy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's when I started playing it when I was like five years old. And it's like that. Yeah, I don't know. But that makes me think, though, too, that 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 rule is going to change as time progresses. As people are doing less stuff in their early childhood together as a family, like watching the same TV show because there are only three channels and nothing else to do, that kind of stuff. That's that's going to change in you know 10 years or so as Internet and streaming and all of this stuff is, is changing how pop culture is consumed and it's being consumed more in an individualistic way. Uh, these days compared to, you know, the 80s and the 90s. So I think, you know, 10 years from now, when we re-examine this question on episode 5000 of Quadrivia or whatever, I think we might have a different uh, answer to that. And I think there's um, like for me, I'm the youngest of three. And so I've got uh, an older brother and older sister who. So some of my nostalgia actually even tends a little bit older because I ended up watching some of those shows that I probably wouldn't have when I was younger because of my older siblings. So I end up appreciating some of the early 80s shows because, yes, they were in syndication or something by the time that I was watching them. But like it shifted early where people who might be my exact same age 
but had younger kids, her younger siblings would probably shift towards some of like those extra, like the the couple years after me that like that stuff. So I, I think even birth order has something to do with it. You know, all, all that what your parents, all obviously what your parents had on the on the TV. Mm-hmm. Like my dad, holy shit, I am so nostalgic for things like Billy Jack, uh, the Blues Brothers, uh, other like their old stuff. You know, Blues Brothers is nineteen eighty, and Billy Jack is like seventy one, seventy three. But still, like. Things that I never would have been nostalgic for because of who my specifically who my father was and what he watched. And so I don't know. It's such a personal question and such a personal thing that's so specific to all of us. That's why I'm so intrigued by nostalgia, because it is such an interesting, specific topic for every single person. And even me, my brother, and my sister, we have a lot of overlap. But there are some certain things that when I podcast with my brother and we talk about a movie that I adore door from when I was a kid and he's like never even seen it and so like by the time we're done talking about it I'm like oh my god this was amazing I fucking loved it and he's like yeah that's a piece of shit and like <laughs> it's just like what I mean I grew up with this man we shared a bedroom until he went out to college like and then yet still we have such a different range and I I, I, I find it so interesting that every single person has such a a, a different nostalgia in them no, that is definitely interesting for sure. I grew up uh, the oldest of three and both of my younger siblings are girls. So we didn't have that overlap almost mm-hmm. intentionally, uh, mm-hmm. at least culturally. So, you know, they knew questions about, you know, My Little Pony and Rainbow Bright and stuff in the 80s. And, you know, I don't want to watch that. I'm a boy yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Um, although I will say friendship is magic is bay. So <laughs> <laughs> but not in the oh, weird way. I want to make that abundantly clear, not in um, the weird way. It's quality television, guys. All right, Brony. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. On that (laughs) note, uh, I would say we've had a really good discussion here. Uh, I do want to put the call out there, though, for our listeners. Um, One thing we keep, even though we've tried to talk about branching out and how do we be more inclusive, um, we're still a bunch of white dudes uh, Mm -hmm. that we still somehow tended to go back to the stuff that made us nostalgic. I would love to hear from listeners of how you would think um, would be a good way for us to be more inclusive when we do this. Like, how can we be more inclusive of that uh, people outside of that late twenties to late forties, white male demographic? That's a um, really good point. I'm thinking through yeah. right now, there's a, a whole era of, you know, black films in the seventies and, you know, television in the eighties and nineties that I'm culturally aware of, but I couldn't tell you anything from anything on like two, two, seven, for instance. <laughs> Except yeah. that they lived Absolutely. in an apartment building where the street address was two two seven. Oh, I, re- I I specifically wrote a two two seven question for this. God, I love you, Brian. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I did. That is awesome. Uh, let's hear it. I'm curious uh, now. All right. When the Jeffersons was unexpectedly canceled by CBS in 1985, NBC showed Marla Gibbs the money and convinced her to star in two two seven later that year, but. What Oscar winner's very first TV role was on 227 as Brenda Jenkins? Holy shit. The silence means I have no effing yeah. idea. All right, so, we'll do that again. When the Jeffersons was unexpectedly canceled by CBS <laughs> in 1985, NBC showed Marla Gibbs the money. There it is. Okay. And convinced her to star in 227 later that oh, year. Oh, Renee Zellweger. No, no but, it's, but it's what Cuba Oscar Gooding winner's Jr. very oh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, yeah, that's fine yeah. too. What yeah, Oscar winner's very first TV role was on two two seven as Brenda Jenkins. That's it. It's not Cuba Gooding Jr. Damn it! <laughs> no, yeah, it's Brenda Jenkins. So Renee Zellweger. Uh, no, no, no. Let's it. continue being closely wrong on this. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise has never won an Oscar. 
Okay. Uh, oh, oh, he hasn't. You're right. He's been nom- he has been nominated though. Right? I, don't, I don't know. Maybe twice. Now I, I think he was nominated Crap. for like the uh, Color of Money and maybe Platoon, but that's about it. I think uh, he was nominated. Born on the Fourth of July. I think he was nominated. Oh, for. Born on the Fourth. Okay. Yeah, good yeah. call there. Uh, I'm 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 shooting a blank um, on this one. I would be between Renee and Cuba, and I'd be wrong on both counts. Yeah. The yeah. Show me the money. That leads me towards obviously. Uh, Some yeah, someone from. Jerry yeah, Maguire. Yeah. Maguire. Yeah. Maguire. What if, what yeah. If I, what if I said something about who watches The Watchmen? Oh, Regina King. There you go. Oh, Regina yeah. King. I okay. forgot that she was in yes, Jerry Maguire. Yeah, she was, the, she was the wife of Cuba, right? In that one. Yes. Yeah, okay, good call. God, yeah, she's so good. And you absolutely forget she's in that one. Great call. And Great. I rest my that case on the <laughs> good question. I rest my case on the uh, on the the wheelhouse thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. so yeah, a bunch I, of people I would, would have look. known that instantly and are currently laughing at us for being stereotypical <laughs> old white guys. Yeah. Yeah. And rightly so. And and I I I feel okay like especially as I've gotten older and wiser, I guess, to like call myself on that. Like yes. I, I I know that I'm not good at that and I'm trying. And I, that's why I would love to hear from listeners. Uh, quadriviapod at gmail.com. How can yep. we be better at that? Let us know. All right. Well, then that will lead us into this week's keyword challenge. The keyword is Regina King. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Damn it. You changed it on me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, Brian's um, going to have an easy one on this. Yes. <laughs> no, it, it isn't. It isn't. Uh, so Adam and Brian, the, the keyword challenge is a, a fun, unique thing we do here on Quadrivia since we're all professional, and I'm using that term loosely, uh, hosts and trivia writers. I like to challenge myself and my friends to come up with a, a trivia question on the fly on a topic that we don't know is coming until we see it. Are you guys game for this? Yes. Absolutely. So the rules are we're going to go off microphone uh, during our halftime break here about 10 minutes and then come back with the single best crafted question we can come up with on the same topic. The uh, topic either needs to appear in the question or the answer. It's up to you. Although, spoiler alert, if it appears in the answer, we're probably going to get it right. And if you're ready to hear this week's keyword, it is brought to us uh, actually by one of my regular live trivia teams in the Chicago area. So shout out to Bar Wars, who collectively came up with Batman. No, 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 no. Okay. Halftime. We'll see you on the <laughs> other side of this 10 minute break. Hey, everyone. Jason here. While the host and I step away to think about our keyword challenge, we just wanted to remind you that you can check us out online at QuadriviaPod on Twitter. On Facebook, just search for Quadrivia Podcast. And you can always email us at quadriviapod at gmail.com. We're always happy to hear from you. And now, back to the show. All right, so we've all had 10 minutes thinking about Batman, apparently, or at least I hope we did. Otherwise, something has gone terribly, terribly wrong with this uh, format. Adam, we're going to start with you. We're going to throw your feet to the fire here. You have written a question in 10 minutes, and I would love to hear it. All right, my question. Known for committing crimes that correspond with holidays and significant dates, Julian Day is a Batman supervillain appearing in multiple publications such as Long Halloween and Dark Victory and has the nickname of what? I know this guy. I love this guy because I've played all the Arkham series games. And in that first one, there is some delightful Easter eggs, pun half intended there, that have to do with this guy and talking to him in a jail cell on particular days of the year. But I don't want to spoil the answer for anybody. So I'm just going to talk for a few more seconds while you think it through and then throw to Brian, who is a geek. Yes, I am. And 
as the resident geek here, I know the answer. Um, I have written a question that, that involved this guy. Uh-huh. So he was one of a, I, I listed out a, a bunch of super, uh, super, excuse me, Batman villains and said, which one's fake? The, the, it was a trick question because all of them were real because they're all <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did it include Condiment King? I don't know. Yes, it I did. For, I forgot oh, it about did. Condiment the, the King. The Condiment King was one I, of them. I was so close to writing a question about Condiment King instead, but I like this guy too because I recently read Long Halloween and that kind of led me towards this question. <laughs> Aha. Yeah. So, Brian, go ahead and unspoil uh, this one for us if you want. The I, I still don't know exactly what his his special villain powers were supposed to be, but he was Calendar Man. That's correct. He didn't really have any specific powers. He just kind of did crimes and, and killed people during specific days and, and during holidays and stuff. So Yeah, he was almost like the Riddler if the Riddler sucked at being the Riddler, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. Although well, guys, May Day is coming up, so we know there's going to be a murder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bonfire Day is coming up, um, and I'm seeing a spike in gasoline. God damn it, Julian. You, you can't let us have one day? Yeah. <laughs> You had to put something in the, the water system so we all had to talk like a pirate on September 19th. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's such a weird premise for a supervillain, too, isn't it? It is. It is. It is strange. And and back in the day, he used to, like, dress up, um, you know, according to the day. And he looked really ridiculous. Uh, in the book that I read, Long Halloween, they made much more of a uh, Silence of the Lambs Hannibal Lecter vibe to the guy. And that's why I liked him a lot better. But, yeah, he overall... The dude is just a, a weird character. <laughs> just just a wacky insertion of the Rose yeah. Gallery, I think. Yep. Uh, things I like about this question. You don't need to know a ton of Batman to guessably get this. Uh, your lead-in known for committing crimes, corresponding with holidays and significant dates, gets you in the right ballpark. I don't know if you can guess the name Calendar Man, but you're, mm -hmm. as soon as you see the name Calendar Man, you're going to go, oh, duh, of course it's Calendar Man. Plus, kudos to the writers of the Batman series for giving him just a terrible Batman villainy <laughs> yeah. punny name like Julian Day. Both exactly. Both of which are, are calendar references. Yeah. I don't know how you write that question better off the top of my head. I think you did a really solid job with it. I like how you connected it to well-known publications. I would have thrown an Arkham Asylum reference mm. in, but that's me and my mileage. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Uh, any thoughts from the rest of our rogues gallery on this? Uh yeah, Arkham is definitely the Arkham video games is definitely an inroad to get the correct answer yeah. for a different generation. You're right. Yeah, yeah. People who, who some people don't read, but they some people might absolutely play the game. So that's a good call. And as we yeah. bring this back to our, our kind of roundtable discussion on nostalgia, Brian and or Adam, you guys might know this. Was Calendar Man ever a character on the original 60s Camp Batman series to your recollection? I don't I believe don't so. think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he showed up. No, apparently he wasn't. But there was uh, a character based on him called Calendar Girl. Uh, oh. And Neil Sadaka famously sang about that character. <laughs> and I have to, to stretch this further. His Son full name bitch. is Julian Gregory <laughs> uh -oh. Day. Gregorian. Gregorian. Oh, You couldn't have one moment, could you, Bill Keen? Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, solid question. I really like it, Adam. Well Thank done. Thank you. Yes. Uh, let's see if I can top it in some way, shape or form. Probably not. So here's mine. And spoiler alert, you're going to know the answer on this. Uh, what famous name connects the following? 
a non-combat soldier most often connected to the British Army, a fictional character born, in a sense, in 1939, and a city in far western Asia whose mayor, Hussein Khan, sued a major film director in 2007 for allegedly using his city's name without permission. I'm not sure about this one, guys. I, I think it might be Batman, but I'm not positive. <laughs> Actually, uh, the fun thing about this question is only one third of it is Batman. The other two uh, are pronounced Batman. Batman? Huh. Yep. Yes. That's cool. Yeah, I decided to go a common bond thing, and there were a couple directions that that led me that route. First of all, I remember I'm, I'm a big Archer fan, and uh, one of the main characters, rest in peace to the voice actor who portrayed him, Woodhouse, was portrayed in a flashback in the First World War being a soldier servant or a Batman for his commanding officer. Uh, so I always uh -huh. made that connection. I always wanted to write a, a question that combined the two ideas. And then I remembered the bullshit lawsuit. I'm like, I need a third thing that is Batman, but isn't Batman. And the city of Batman, Turkey's mayor, who apparently is a douche from <laughs> the the five minutes of research I did on him, sued Christopher Nolan specifically when The Dark Knight came wow. out, claiming that Christopher Nolan used the term Batman without checking with him, which is, first of all, crazy because Batman's been around for, you know, yeah. 80 years. 1939. 39. There you right. go. What do you hate about it? Tell me. I do not hate this question. No, there are three very, very different uh, trivia questions within this that all have the same answer. Yeah, I like doing mechanics questions every once in a while. And a Tribon style question or a same name, however you name it, is one of those mechanics that I really like doing because it 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 involves shotgun knowledge. And you don't you only need one, maybe two of the three answers to get the question right. If you're locked in, I'm like fictional character. I know Batman came out in 1939. It's probably Batman. Let's go with this. Not yeah. being able to connect the other ends. You still have a very guessable guess. The um, but knowing more of them confirms that. And then, you know, going in a hundred percent locked, it has to be nothing else fits yeah. this, you know, the only, mm -hmm. only like little tiny little thing I think it might be at is you, like for, for the Batman portion, like that middle question, the uh, fictional character, quote unquote, born in the, in a sense in 1939, mm -hmm. um, I might add if it, there's any extra little tiny hint to add it to Batman, because it's somewhat tough. Maybe there are some other 1939 characters. I don't know. Was Namor born in 39? Potentially. Um, was yeah, Namor's too close to Aquaman, as we've established on previous episodes, who okay. was never the correct answer to one of my questions. <laughs> but but Namor was before Aquaman. <laughs> Namor came before. God damn it! Oh, you're not wrong, and I will I will die on that hill with you. Aquaman yeah. is the bastard stepchild of, exactly. of Namor, uh, and yet somehow Deadpool doesn't have the same problem with Deathstroke. Fight me. Yes, yeah, very true. Because he's so um, awesome. But uh, that's the only thing. I like, maybe for me, add some kind of I don't know a one word hint. Um, you know, a, a fictional, I don't know, some kind of some kind of adjective in there to get towards Batman born in 1939. But besides that, this is an awesome question. I love how many different avenues there are to get towards uh, Bat Batman. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yes. If, if I had the opportunity and the druthers to give it a second pass, I would love to find a, a very punny or very subtle clue yes, that it's pun, Batman yeah, without that'd be good. without giving up the ghost. Because if you know that this is Batman, because I'm talking about, you know, a millionaire who became a superhero, or however you do it. Yeah, it, it takes all the other work out of the question, really. Agreed. So Agreed. It, it's a hard road to walk, but I would love to go back and and try to insert that in a clever way just to just to do it as a thought exercise more than anything else. Uh, thank um, you, guys. Brian, what do you have for us? You seem oh, like fine. you would know well, some Batman. I have to say. <laughs> oh, Jeremy, you're still here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where were you on calendar, man, you bastard? All right. 
as of today, how many feature-length live-action Batman movies have been released? This does not include cameos like Suicide Squad, but does include movies where Batman is a significant character in the film, DCEU. This is not one that you're just gonna no. know and move you gotta on. name them. This is yep. yeah. This is a Batman. team question, is what exactly. this is. Yeah, and exactly. I love it for that. So let's let's okay. do the work. Yeah. So, so Batman, sixty six. Yeah, sixty six. So start you down got, the line. Then nineteen eighty nine, and then Batman Returns. Yep. And then Batman Forever. Forever. Yep. Batman and uh, Robin. Batman and Robin. And what was the there was a the dark fourth one in that progressively shittily getting. Michael uh, Keaton to George no, Clooney era. No, that, that, there's no, 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 that's it. That's it. And oh, there after, were four. Okay. After, yeah, yeah. After Robin goes uh, to um, Batman Begins. Oh, yeah. right. So you've got the Nolan trilogy, Batman Begins, so, Dark Knight, Dark Knight yeah, Rises. Four, Batman, so, 66. Eight. Uh, then we have to get into DCU a little, and that's going to get us, obviously, Batman uh, v. Superman. V. Superman. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, Justice League. Justice League. And I feel like there's one more that we're forgetting a, a connection to. Yeah. We we were locked in on ten, but I think there's an eleventh that came out somewhere between like Dark Knight Rises and Batman v Superman. No, that no, he, he was not in. Now it doesn't include cameos. I you know what I think I'm overthinking the Suicide Squad thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, no, because I think you're thinking Suicide Squad, and he was in it for like two minutes. Um, I would go ten. Yeah, if this I, is I, as I, of yeah. today and the wording says it is, yeah, ten. Anybody have yeah. any reason to argue that? No, sounds good. All right, we're going to say 11. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we'll go with 10, Brian. Prove us and, right or wrong. And your correct answer is 10 movies. Woo! Woo we did Nicely the counting. Done. <laughs> Good job, because in my head I had nine, then you pulled out Batman 66. Oh. Yes. I forgot about that, that, that they made a movie. Everyone and, forgets about Batman 66. That's, that's, that's what makes it why, such a good question. Exactly. I was going to say the same thing, because most people will absolutely forget 66, that it actually had a feature. So good, good stuff. Yeah, I will say this about Batman 66. No other film has had the audacity to bring in bat shark repellent, and that <laughs> makes it a maverick. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was great. I Although not enough now. nipples in 66. <laughs> More bat nipples. <laughs> what earthly defensive reason was there for bat nipples? So Chafing? I don't know. <laughs> Batman get bat a lot of runners else, nipples? Why not? I mean, you never know. Maybe let him pull out his bat condom. <laughs> I I'm I know the answer, but I'm blanking at this second. Who did the fourth? Uh, who did the Clooney? Schumacher. Batman? Joel, Joel Schumacher. Schumacher. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was Schumacher. He took over after what? The third one? He did, Batman he did Forever. Forever. Yeah, he had Forever yeah. and, uh, and, and so Robin. The schlock Appar really began with Schumacher. A yeah. buddy of mine refers to, to the Clooney as the Batman Ice Capades. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, apparently if you watch the DVD of Batman and Robin and do the, the director's commentary, it's hilarious just because Schumacher's like, guys, I got nothing. I don't know why I did this. <laughs> it's just two hours <laughs> of apologizing about <laughs> ice puns. I was yeah. really high and it hey, sounded like a good time, thing to do. I, there, you will not find a bigger and stronger uh, Arnold fan than me. And so I, as, as terrible of a choice as he is for Mr. Freeze, Arnold Schwarzenegger can do no wrong in my eyes, and I love everything out of his mouth and every pun that he ever made. But Adam, it's time to kick ice. <laughs> it's time to kick ice. It's so good. God, he's so good. He's hilarious. <laughs> Hot takes from the Get Throwdown <laughs> podcast. 
Uh, Jeremy, oh, all right. we haven't heard from you. So let's not. move on to the game portion. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have for us, Jeremy? All right. Um, this might be more focused towards the uber nerds uh, that know a little bit deeper of the lore, but I still think it's gettable if you think about it. So here's my question. In the Flashpoint crossover story arc by DC Comics, and later in the Flashpoint Paradox animated feature, Barry Allen decides to go back in time to save his mother who was murdered when he was a child. In doing so, he has some happy moments of nostalgia knowing his mother is still alive, but vastly changes the world around him in doing so. One major change is that Batman in this universe is Thomas Wayne, who became a criminal-killing anti-hero after witnessing the murder of his son Bruce. Who in this alternate DC universe is now the Joker? Okay. I that's, know this answer just Yeah, just just because I'm a comic fan and so I know this. Um so I'll let y'all talk. Okay. I have not seen or read this. I am a little familiar with Flashpoint, uh, but not from a fandom perspective, just a knowledge that it was a major story arc and, you know, the uh DC TV universe did a whole crossover event about it. That said, I know Jeremy, but based on that knowledge, I'm wrongly saying that somehow the dead Bruce Wayne is the Joker because he is a douche. And this reads to me like a douchey trick question. That said, I think I'm wrong. So I don't have a lot of thunder on this. Uh, it is not a DTQ. I will tell you that it's not a DTQ. I'm going to hazard a guess because this is OK. Things have been flip flopped. I'm going to suggest that the Joker might be it's it's one of several people that it could be but i'm gonna i'm I'm thinking that the joker might be inspector gordon Ooh, that that's is a good a guess, guess. I, I don't hate but, that um, guess i really no, don't it's uh what what so did I'm you say you a hint what what's yeah. her name what did you just say her name is <laughs> what what uh yeah. what's uh yeah. superman's mom's so, name I purposely <laughs> it, uh wait martha i purposely mentioned two waynes and i never mentioned the third yeah. wayne yes and that oh, was kind yeah. of my clue oh, in the Mar question. Oh, oh, oh. Martha, Martha, what did you say? Martha Wayne, after witnessing the death of her son, becomes the Joker. That's got to wow. be a fun relationship. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't. I, they never really. I don't think they really hit on if they're actually still together or not. But he, he's, she's definitely the Joker and Batman's greatest villain. Okay, like but but head canon here. Yeah, I know they are, <sighs> and they don't know each other's alter egos. And they like fight over who has to do the grocery shopping and stuff. <laughs> and then the Joker tries to kill Batman with uh, rutabagas or something. I don't know. <laughs> Look, I don't get paid to write them. I just get paid to come up with them. Uh, to to that point, I once you explain the in that you tried to write in, I'm, I'm totally with it. Um, but I saw where you guys came up with the answers too, and that like, that totally makes sense given the context. As you so. said, this is a fandom question, and I don't know that it reads any other way. Uh, fair game for sure. Martha Wayne is a knowable character, especially now that you know the DCU has made Martha such a trope. Martha. <laughs> but God. yeah, um, fuck. For I my hate mileage... BVS. I hate BVS so much. <laughs> oh, I could go on for another hour about how shitty that movie is. Not enough ice puns for Adam. <laughs> exactly. Um, More Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Batman I mean, B. I mean, Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. That's the new BVS in yeah, Adam's world. Batman, Batman B. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I, we, we, I, I may, think, we may have it here. You can't go wrong with more Schwarzenegger. Yes. <laughs> I, I think given a few more minutes to look it over, I would probably change the actual question at the end to be who, um, which, what character who shares their name with another famous superhero's parent 
Uh, uh, that's is also, uh, too easy. Yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. Well, no, because it could be any other superhero, but the Martha trope would be would come in from that. It's already a fairly wordy question. Um, yeah, it's good for a podcast. Obviously, not so much yeah. for like a live trivia show. Yeah, uh, this so would definitely the, be a podcast. The wordiness question. doesn't put me off because of the context okay. of it. Um, I imagine he would shorten it if he were going to do it at like a live show where he's sticking it in a whole round and there's a timer to submit an answer or everything. Yeah. Uh, that said, I didn't get it, so I don't like it. <laughs> Look, do you want me to go into more detail? I can't. I just I hate it because I was wrong. Well, uh, because I'm in the Batman fandom and I knew it and y'all didn't, which means I have more points than you in my own head. Uh, I liked it a lot, Jeremy. <laughs> Oh, I don't I don't like that takeaway at all. <laughs> uh, you know, what? that's that's not how we decide these things here at Quadrivia, Adam. Jeremy, how do we decide these things? Uh, you can go to quadriviapodcast.com and vote oh, and on I will. your favorite. Yeah, and vote on your favorite <laughs> question this week. Um, and again, Corey is somehow going to get points. Even if he doesn't win, I don't get it. It's going to happen. <laughs> Dead to me, that um, man is. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Po- uh, Quadriviapodcast.com. Uh, let us know what you thought your favorite was. And then that brings us to the game this week. As we mentioned earlier, Adam hosts a podcast along with his brother uh, called the Throwback Trivia Takedown. Um, I got to play on an episode of this and it was a ton of fun. Um, So he's going to present one round of that game here for us uh, to play along to and see if we can get the answers. You told him he was doing this, right? (laughs) Oh, crap. Hey, Adam. <laughs> hey, Jeremy. What's up, Jeremy? Want to present a round? I would love to present a round of Throwback <laughs> Trivia Takedown. All right. So I'm going to throw it over to you. Why don't you give everybody a quick recap of how the game works? Uh, we're going to do round, basically round one of the game. Sure. Um, of one of your games. So uh, listeners can hear how it works as well. And hopefully uh, subscribe to your podcast as well. Uh, if so, y'all uh, would be away. so kind. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um. So my podcast is typically a head-to-head trivia contest between two people going, you know, doing nostalgic questions back and forth. Um, if someone gets the question wrong, another person can steal that question, but we're not going to do that for this. Uh, the three of y'all can work together to get the answers or just kind of talk them out. And so basically we have 10 different categories, three different decades. A person gets to pick the category they want to do, want to, um, answer a question from. And then the, Decade is randomized by a fancy dancy, fancy dancy, fa- fancy handy dandy uh, six sided dice that I use to roll and uh, pick between the 70s, 80s, and 90s because that is really my nostalgic realm. realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so each question is fitted between these 10 different categories, which are movies, music, TV, news and politics, fashion, slang, video games, sports technology, and food. So basically each different person, well, we'll kind of go down the line. So we'll go with Jason, then Jeremy, then Brian, pick a category. The decade will be randomized. And then I'll ask that question and you guys can, um, you know, work together to figure it out. And there's only one from each category, correct? Correct. You okay. you know, once so they know. Uh, say, say if uh, Jason picks movies, then you guys, the rest of you can't pick movies. This is novel. I like this. I am in for it. Adam, uh, I, let's do it. Jeremy, Brian, you guys good? I'm good. I'm good. All right. Okay. So it's it's on me to pick the first category, Adam. Yes, sir. So with that said, for question one, I'm going to take the joy away from Jeremy and call video games. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely loves his video games. All right. And the decade that you will be 
answering for is the 80s. 70s. Hey, I was there for it. All right. All right. Used in classics like Duck Hunt, the Nintendo Beam Gun or Light Gun was released in Japan on February 18th, 1984, but when brought to the U.S. was rebranded with this name. I have done a version of this question that I was genuinely surprised so many people my age or even a little younger had no idea what the actual brand name of the light gun was. So I yep. know this dead to okay. rights. I'm wondering if Jeremy remembers it and if uh, Brian knows it as well before I reveal. Fair enough. But yeah, that, that's exactly why I wrote it too. Cause it is, I, I, I forgot what the actual branding was. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know it, but we always called it the light gun when I was a kid. And then I found this out later too. So I think I know what it is. Um, but Brian, um, do you, uh, do you know what this is? This is called. Okay. I, I have it in my head that it was a zapper or a z- something along those lines. I, I want to say, is it a zap blaster? It is definitely a zapper or something along those lines. Yeah, uh, you, you had it, man. It's the zapper. Yep. The NES zapper is correct. Okay. All right. Well done, Brian. Good question, yeah. Adam. Good job. Thank you. Uh, all right, Jeremy, your pick for your category. All right. Let's go with uh, technology. Technology. And your decade will be the 90s. All right. Name this open source operating system, which first released on September 17th, 1991, and was developed by Finnish-born Linus Torvalds. Oh, I know this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. got it. I I, I almost want to throw it back to our Jurassic Park references, but it's a different OS. Damn it. So I can't pull the. uh, uh, uh. (laughs) I want to let her rearrange the other. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, if you were talking about a completely different thing, then yeah, everything works. Uh, 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 I know this. Brian, take the thunder, please. I I was quoting Jurassic Park there. Wait, this is Linux. (laughs) I know this. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, I swore it was I'm a Unix. Yeah. yeah, they they said Unix. System. It was Unix in Jurassic World. This yeah, is definitely Unix, Unix system. Linux. I know this. Yep. You and then it had a weird like UI that she was going through, and it's like mm. that's not how Unix works. It's <laughs> not how any of this works. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not even how Linux works at the time. Like correct, <laughs> correct. The an- correct answer is Linux. Woohoo! All right, all right, Brian, your pick on the category. Okay. They both took the categories that I liked, so I need... Oh, okay, never mind. Um, let's go movies. All right, movies. And your decade will be the 70s. Yes. Time to shine, Brian. All right. I was around. Inspector... <laughs> you, you were there. We were not. None of us, because we're not old. Uh, okay. <laughs> Until that's my left knee and my right hip. <laughs> yeah, yeah right? fair enough. Exactly. I've had multiple surgeries as well. Okay. All right. 70s movies question. Inspector Callahan first used the now iconic Smith & Wesson Model 29 revolver in what 1971 crime drama? All right. So before Brian oh. steals all the thunder, I'm going to parse this out a little bit. Inspector Callahan is the character we know better as Dirty Harry, but the first movie was not named Dirty Harry. Correct. Sudden oh. Impact? Is that... I know that is a Dirty Harry movie. The question becomes, is that the first Dirty Harry movie? So that's where I'm at, and I'm deferring to the team. I don't remember what the first one was. So I'm deferring to Brian. (laughs) And 71, in 1971, I was two. So I did not see any of the Dirty Harry movies back then. Um... 
I sudden impact is probably about as good a guess as I'm going to come up with. I, I really I mean, think that sudden impact is the movie that had the iconic line. Now you're thinking to yourself, did he shoot, you know, five bullets or six or however that works. I, I think it's that, but was that 71? I, I don't know. If I had to guess, I would have guessed just dirty Harry. Cause I thought the first movie was dirty Harry, but now that you're saying that, I know that they have, uh, I know sudden impact. I know the Deadpool because you know, reasons. <laughs> the, de- the Deadpool was that's that's the other one I was trying to come up with, but I know that. But one I think was that's later. the last one. I think Clint that's Eastwood, the last one. Uh, taking over Ryan Reynolds' role, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I feel um, like so, we're twisting in the wind a little bit, and I don't think we're going to get a better answer than sudden impact, uh, gentlemen. Would you I'm concur and lock in? Yeah, on that? I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't have any thunder on mine. So. All right, there were five movies with Inspector Callahan. The fifth one, The Deadpool, came out in 1988. The fourth one came out in 1983 called Sudden Impact. Son of a bitch. The third one in 1976 called The Enforcer. The second one in 1973 called Magnum Force. And the first one in 1971 called Dirty Harry. No, Just I, dirty, I am not dirty here Harry. for Jeremy to be right. <laughs> Jeremy is Holy correct. Crap. I really felt like that was a trivia trap where y'all everybody thought, thinks the first way movie too is called Dirty Harry. But way too much. You thought too much about it well, and you screwed yourself and, over. And listen, I agree because I'm like, I thought it was called Dirty Harry, but you're probably right because my, my grandpa used to watch these movies all the time. Yeah. And it was one of those like, I just thought it was Dirty Harry, but then I'm like, no, but that's the character. I know that's that's the character. So maybe it wasn't. And then when you said it, like, oh, you know, I think you're right. It wasn't called Dirty Harry. And I backed off. I'm like, nope, nope. I have no thunder. Now, Adam, let me let me ask you this. Uh, the the classic line, you know, go ahead, make my day. Is that in Sudden Impact or was that in the original Dirty Harry? And I'm just dumb across the board. That one was actually in study Sudden Impact. So you are correct there. Okay, oh, wait, no, so, no, 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 no. That wasn't no. Dirty Harry as well. Ha <laughs> I, I had to Google because I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how he BS his way into that. And then like, nope, never mind. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I just like, yeah. I'm going to love when we bring subject matter experts onto the show, I tell you. I'm not that smart. I just Google stuff. Uh, Yeah, it looks like it was actually from Dirty Harry. Okay. Well, I I will take the hit on that. Yep. And then I will pick music for our fourth topic. All right. And your cat or your decade for music is the 90s. Okay. All right. I am here for this. In 1996, the Macarena completely swept the nation. It was a Hot 100 number one hit for 14 straight weeks and was certified four times platinum. Name this Spanish pop duo who wrote and performed the mega hit and whose name translate to those from the river. That's clearly Bayside Boys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Bayside Boys is Spanish for those from the river, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, of course. Uh, so many uh, ins on this one. You've taken all the, the chatter that I have about the Macarena out <laughs> by throwing it in the question. I'm just glad to know by giving the translation that I was right in my initial guess because I wasn't 100 percent sure because I know it was covered by a couple people, too. And there were like remixes mm-hmm. and because because it was so popular. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I know what it is, Brian. Um, I'm I, I I had to think about it for a little bit, but I got there. I, I do remember who it was. You, okay. Uh, so am I? Uh, am I safe to say uh, Los yeah, Del go Rio? Ahead. I talked over it. So say it again. Uh, oh, uh, Los Del Rio, correct? And the correct answer is Los Del Rio. Good job. Go. See, I from always thought river. that was Spanish for those from the Rio, but what do I know? <laughs> well, the, the Rio, it's it's a pretty big river. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's the people who dance on the sand, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh, Duran Duran. 
My heart oh. is always with Duran Duran. So after this episode, I do have to open up Audacity and do a mashup of the Macarena and Reno now, yeah. or Rio now just to prove the point. <laughs> Love it. And because uh, I misspoke, I have to throw Mike Reno in as a singer, too. So you're going to get some Up Where We Belong and just hit yeah. all the nostalgic vibes. Wow. Well, all better, right. Love, better him than Janet. Up where we belong. <laughs> all right, Jeremy, you get to pick your category. Left, we have TV, news and politics, fashion, slang, sports, and food. Uh, I'm going to go with TV. TV. And your decade is the 70s. Jumping the shark has become a term used for any show that has become too ridiculous for its own good. But the term originated when a character did exactly that in 1977 on what show? Hey, I think I know this one. Hey, I know it too. Hey, it's pretty easy. Hey, I watched it happen. <laughs> it's Brian's time to shine, everybody. It was the Fonz on Happy Days. It was Happy Days, days, and the Fonz did it. Arthur Fonzarelli jumped the shark, and now it's used for every TV show out there. Uh, It's ridiculous. That was a ridiculous. Yeah, and something completely ridiculous happens, and the show goes downhill, and they jump the shark. Yep. Or in movies, they nuke the fridge. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Crystal Skull. I was laughing so hard with that. I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Oh, that's what you I, get for building a movie around actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. All right, where are we at? Uh, we are at Brian. You get to pick your category. All right. Um, I'm going to go food. Food. Oh, Speaking of always, cannibals. Yes, always a good choice. And your decade is the 80s. This packaged beverage was introduced in 1981 and became a must-have in lunchboxes and after Little League games. That was if you could actually get the straw in. I, uh, I know this well. Yeah, I know. I, I was, I, I was. As soon as you start asking the question, I'm like, I, I have to make a straw joke, and then you made it in the question. Yeah, I made like, it in the question. <laughs> That's. I mean, it's a little. Yeah, a little extra. You know, hint for everybody who probably already knew it. So, so here's I, I'm 35 and I still can't get the straw in. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, my wife you said heard, that to me last well, night. Oh, when, <laughs> when you get to a certain age, <laughs> I can show you some instructional videos on the internet, Jeremy. Well, not so much instructional, <laughs> but definitely videos and on the internet. <laughs> so um, I'm going to walk you guys through my thought process real quick as the question evolved. When you first got into, you know, package drink, I'm like, oh, it's going to be Tang. It's going to be Tang. Fuck, it isn't Tang. Oh, it's going to be Ecto Cooler. It's going to be Ecto Cooler. Fuck, he didn't say Ghostbusters. He said straw. It's got to be Capri Sun. <laughs> and that's exactly it. It is Capri Sun. Yep. yep. And <laughs> that's how my brain works. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, uh, my wife, just a quick story with this, bought like a knockoff Aldi brand of Capri Sun one time for my son because uh, he likes juice boxes, obviously, when, as a kid. Um and you think the Capri Sun with like the kind of like pre-cut area is hard? Go buy a knockoff where they don't like actually like indent it and they just have a picture of a circle. <laughs> See, this is this is why I love Get out hosting. the switchblade and, and yeah. pop it open for your <laughs> six-year-old soccer. <laughs> Jesus. This is why I love hosting a nostalgia-based trivia podcast because everyone's got like a story about almost every single question. You know – People remember some of this crap and they have some little like, you know, a little tagline or a little little mini story to add in uh, about each of these kind of questions. Like, oh, my God, I remember Capri Sun or Mm -hmm. I remember Big League Chew. Like I used to, you know, chew that at at bubble at uh, at baseball games to be like dad who did dip or whatever, whatever (laughs) the heck it is. You know what I mean? 
Um, Mamba. Mamba. <laughs> is that that's the one yeah. that turned into gum, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, oh. those, those, that was the uh, like the fruit chews that turned into gum. You can still find those at like dollar stores and yeah, they're not good. Like party cities, not good. and no. Eh. But they're like, food. That's that's what I love about this nostalgia is because just like Jeremy just did. You get one little thing and it triggers yourself into a whole nother story and everybody's got a personal personal story about it and it's just a lot of fun. Oh, really good question. I like that that you you cool. took us down that path, as it were. Cool. Uh should I fire off for question seven? You go for uh, it. let's say sports. We're gonna have to do it eventually. Okay. And your decade is the eighties. Show me Chicago Bears. The Los Angeles Lakers nope. represented the Western Conference in the NBA Finals in eight of the ten years of the 80s. Name the the other two times the Western Conference was represented in the finals was done so by this team. 80s Western Conference finalists that weren't the Lakers. I'm thinking through, and a lot of my basketball knowledge hits 90s for very obvious reasons. Uh Lakers were who the Bulls defeated in 91. Uh, Blazers, I don't think, would have been there in... I'm, I'm Jordaning this. I'm telling you right now. Uh, so it wouldn't have been the Blazers. It wouldn't have been the Jazz necessarily. Uh, the Suns weren't big in the 80s. The Supersonics were around. I'm trying to think of West uh, Coast. Yeah, but Kemp was bigger in the 90s than the 80s, That's true. unfortunately. Uh, it's not the Clippers, because fuck the Clippers. <laughs> yeah of course there we go i'm like they, when, they in, be... when in doubt always fuck the clippers oh always uh mavs were in the 2000s brian you got anything on this because i'm just naming no. western conference teams unfortunately basketball is my sports black hole i know i i got nothing and i mean again i would just want to tie this back into occlusion inclusion you want to try and make sure you get all types of uh, questions and all types of sports about everybody that other people and other cultures might know a little bit better than yourself. That's that's no, that's <laughs> very fair. Um, ooh, why am I thinking? Why am I thinking Houston all of a sudden? The Astros? Yeah, the Astros, the NBA <laughs> squad. Kidding. I'm kidding. Astros. The Rockets, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you knew. Jeremy, I don't think you knew. <laughs> I don't know that you did either. Uh, I, if I were the captain of this ragtag team, I don't have a better answer than Rockets, and I feel like I've disincluded a few others. So, so Houston Rockets, I guess, guys, anyone want to throw anything different, or are we locking in with it? Fine with me. Totally fine with me. I still want to go with the Astros. <laughs> right. <laughs> with with some amazing players like Vernon Maxwell, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Clyde Drexler. The Houston Rockets is correct. Nicely Yay. done. I, you know, I good pull. I couldn't remember how much Elijah Wan was big in the 80s. I knew he was big in the, the Jordan era 90s and obviously uh, captaining in like 94 and 95, which don't count. But yeah. Yay. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. I'm happy. You, you thought it through and you got there. Uh, all right, Jeremy, your pick on category. Um, because I want, I already know I'm going to falter on this one. I want to see everybody else falter. I'm going to go fashion fashion. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you guys seem like super fashionable people to me. I'm wearing Not. sweat shorts right now. Oh God. Nineties. <laughs> Woo. Sorry. Sweat shorts. <laughs> sweat shorts. All right. You have broken right. me, sir. I am I broken. <laughs> Your decade is the seventies. Oh. 
this angelic actress was known for having her own line of hair care products in the 70s. Got it. I, I love the yeah. clue and absolutely yeah. got it. Pretty, It's easy because of that, but... Yeah. So I'll let Brian and or Jeremy suss it out on this one before okay. I, I jump the shark on the reveal, as it works. So the first <laughs> well, place I went was when he said Angelic, I was thinking Charlie's Angels. Yep, absolutely. But which one had a line of, I, I, I have no idea. Are right. you a fan I, I of know. Stranger can, can Things, you, Jeremy? Can you name, yes. can you name all three of the, can you name all three of Charlie's Angels? That's the question. No, uh, I can't remember who's all on it. I know it's can you um, name okay. one Farrah of them? Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett was one of them. Uh, that's the Kate, only one I can remember off the top of my head. Uh, Kate Smith. That's, yeah, Kate a, something. I couldn't remember the Smith. And uh, I don't remember. the Kim Cattrall. There you go. No, it wasn't Kim Cattrall. <laughs> so, I mean, my you, guess would have been Farrah young, Fawcett because the one I can name. You, you we're, we're children, you I know. <laughs> With our raps music <laughs> yeah. and our interwebs. Uh, uh, get the hell off my lawn. Um, <laughs> so it was the third one. You're, you're killing me on this. Oh, Jacqueline Smith. Mm. Yeah, it's That's... one of those names I know when I hear. Uh, this one, though, yeah. definitely. Jeremy, you're a fan of Stranger Things, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's two puffs of the Farrah Fawcett hairspray. Oh, right. Yep. Or two pumps or, or whatever <laughs> Steve says. Yes. Fer Farrah Fawcett is correct. Uh, the it girl of the 70s. The literal yep. poster girl of oh. the 70s. I, I'm just glad yes. I would have gotten the right by the only one I remembered. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's you know, I, like I said, my questions kind of tend towards the little bit more basic you know hopefully you want to try and get you know mass appeal and name one charlie's angel farrah fawcett that's that oh yeah. see jeremy i'm figuring it out now adam has a podcast where he wants his listeners to have fun and feel good <laughs> about themselves that's the secret sauce oh okay yeah that's it back okay. to the drawing board uh all right who are we on are we on uh jeremy or brian We're on brian brian yeah well, gee, I guess, uh, like, gag me with a spoon. We better go slang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I have actually asked a question exactly about that. Uh, luckily, none of these. All right. Your decade, the 90s. What 90s slang, meaning relevant information, came about from the telephone number for local directory assistance? Is this really <laughs> just 90s slang? Did it come out then? Yeah. I mean, I guess it, 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 wasn't it did in context. That. Yeah. Oh man, do you remember when you had to call directory assistance to get a phone number? <laughs> there was there was a phone number you could call to find out what time it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. And then movie phone. I miss the movie phone guy. Oh yeah. Hello, and thank you I mean, for calling movie phone. Yes. When you needed the 411 on what movie was oh oops. Oh <laughs> you did you, oh, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, this is one better than my favorite 90s ska punk alternative rock group 311. Uh. <laughs> oh. Did you hurt your shoulder reaching for that? Or 100. Math is hard. Anyway, it's 411. <laughs> All mixed up. I don't know what to do. The next thing I turn around and think that person is you. Did it? Oh, yeah, it's 411, not, three, not 311. Uh, yes, you're correct. It is 411. <laughs> yeah, 411 is what you get when you add 311 and 99 Love Balloons yeah. and U2, but just yeah. the song and not the two because math is hard. Anyway, math uh, is hard. it is to me for the final question, and I have so many options in front of me. I Yeah, you have an option. Uh, well, no, no, no. I have news and politics, which implies that I can pick either news or politics. politics. Well, it's it's a lie. It's, it's what we do. <laughs> it's a complete lie for all of our listeners. But you will get a randomized decade if that's fun for you. 
<laughs> and that decade is the 80s. All right, fire away, man. Name this person who was the only woman to ever hold the office of Prime Minister of India. She was elected to uh, she was elected to a fourth term in 1980, but was assassinated by two of her bodyguards in 1984. I'm 99% so sure on this one. Here's the thing. I apparently didn't hear a very, very important word in your question at first because my head was just riffing on what I thought the right answer was. And then you said assassinated and boy, am I off. Because all all my head was saying was Samsonite. I yeah. was way off. <laughs> this is going to be OK. He's talking Margaret Thatcher, Margaret Thatcher. What kind of bullshit commentary can I make about Margaret Thatcher? And then he said assassinate. I'm like, shit, she wasn't murdered. So now and, I have to uh, think she also back was not the prime minister of India to the word that I missed that he said, <laughs> which must be India, Jeremy, <laughs> because the only other female prime minister I can think of in the 80s would be unrelatedly to uh, Mahatma Indira Gandhi. Indira Gandhi is correct. And that is one round of throwback trivia takedown. I see the appeal. I very much do. Okay. Oh, yeah. It, it's kind of, I mean, it, it's it's literally for people around my age or a little bit older who understand and know these kind of questions. Um, younger people would probably have some trouble with it. So, no, but, really, but besides that, it's fun. Loved it. Really good. I, I have in the middle of your round, by the way, I subscribed to your podcast. So oh, as we wrap you. up for the episode, I'm going to defer to you real quick, Adam. Adam, who are you and where can people find you on the webs? All right. Well, I am Adam Spees. You can find me on Throwback Trivia Takedown, Blast From Our Past podcast, and Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. Three different things that I do spend all my time on, <laughs> but they're awesome. I love them, and I really do appreciate uh, anybody who listens and uh, checks it out. So that's what I do. That's what I am. And besides that, yeah, I'm just... I'm just a nerd. I'm a nerd like y'all. That's what I do. I love it. Yeah, and we loved having you on. As as for me, I'm Jason, Look Who Courage Entertainment. We do live shows occasionally, but you can find me on Twitch uh, pretty much any day of quarantine at twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage. You can find us on uh, Facebook as well. That's facebook.com slash liquid courage. Courage, by the way, is spelled with the letter K for additional potassium. Uh, Brian, how about you? Where can everybody find you at? Well, um, because most of the knowledge in my head is has absolutely no value whatsoever, uh, I can be reached as uselesstriviaman at gmail.com. <laughs> but I'm also on Facebook as Geek Trivia. Awesome. And if they're in your area, where can they find you once you're back to... Um... Oh, yeah. I should probably drop the... Drop a little mention to uh, in Davenport, Iowa, their local, their friendly local gaming store is Games Plus One, uh, no, located on Cheyenne Avenue, and they are some really good folks, and it's a great gaming space. They have a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on there. If you are into board games, if you're into role playing games, if you're into organized role play, like uh, Pathfinder Society or if you're into Magic the Gathering. All that kind of stuff happens there when the world is normal. So um, they're good friends of mine, and uh, I I miss them, and I look forward to the day I can go back and we can start doing this again. Awesome. So, yeah, definitely give us uh, give a shout-out on our uh, page or something like that when you're back mm -hmm. to live, and uh, hopefully uh, bring some, and bring back some to new reality. players for you. And back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. <laughs> um <laughs> 
Anyway, I've been Jeremy with Liquid Courage Entertainment. Well, formerly of, apparently. Uh, <laughs> after this. Oh, I'm so glad you quit so I didn't have to pay severance. Oh, uh, you can find me on. Uh... Wait, people get paid? Hold on. Uh, you can <laughs> find me on paid? Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash LKJeremy. You can find me on Twitter at JerWG. Uh, you can email us at quadriviapod at gmail.com uh, on Twitter at quadriviapod. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash quadriviapod or quadriviapodcast.com. And if I don't say this, uh, Jeff will be mad. Quadriviabuttface.net. We because own that URL. That is that is factual in nature. Don't ask. You don't want to know. Uh, so on behalf of all of us here at Quadrivia, thank you so much again, Brian and Adam, for joining us. Uh, Brian, would you do me the kindness of giving the signature Quadrivia sign-off phrase? Somebody bring me pictures of Spider-Man! <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy doesn't understand what 30 seconds means. King Jeremy the Wicked ruled oh. his world. Jeremy, Jeremy broke the cast <laughs> today. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm back. Sorry. <laughs>